0: Hi, welcome to Medtech for Beginners, the place to come if you want to know more about how to bring new health and care innovations into the UK market. Welcome to this week's edition of MedTech for Beginners. This week I will be speaking to Rachel Rayner. Now Rachel is a Children and Young People's Mental Health Transformation Lead. She also has a dual role as an ACCIO and she works at Midlands Partnership NHS Foundation Trust. Now, the reason that I know Rachel is that Rachel was very heavily involved in the procurement of the Sandbox. In the previous episode, you will have heard Tim Hamer talk about the Sandbox, and this was the Sandbox's first entrance into the NHS market. So thinking of of the perspective of the NHS, Rachel took the brave step, along with her colleagues, of taking on a new service with no track record in the UK. So I wanted to speak to Rachel today about her views on this and the challenges and the thought processes that were involved in this. Starting off with, obviously, you started by procurement, which starts with a need. So if I hand over to you, Rachel.
1: Hi. Hi, Kate. Thanks for that lovely introduction. So the need was identified that we had an underspend as a result of COVID. We hadn't spent all the money in our mental health support teams as we'd anticipated due to some delays in recruitment. And we recognised that one of the things that young people were asking for was a digital offer because sometimes a lot of young people want appointments at the end of the school day, and there's only so many people that can offer appointments at that time. So we wanted to have a digital offer that would complement the work in schools and that young people could access without having to go to their GP, without having to go through a worker in school, and it would be very fluid and accessible 24-7 essentially. So that was the background to the need that we had in Midlands partnership with the MHSTs.
0: Fantastic, thank you. So that's the mental health support teams. If you'd just like to explain to the listeners who possibly don't work in mental health what that means.
1: Sure. So the government a few years ago has invested in early intervention via the community, which typically for young people means schools. So the mental health support teams were established in 2017, where you get a team of education mental health practitioners who go in to meet with young people in schools. And the practitioners will talk with teachers and develop the whole school approach to children's mental health and emotional well-being.
0: And Midlands Partnership Foundation Trust are actually at the forefront of that new programme of supporting schools, weren't they?
1: Yeah, year two of the offer, we were in there as a trailblazer. So it's been a really exciting development for us because it's very needed. There's a lot of demand in children's mental health.
0: Which is interesting because that gave you the opportunity to gather more feedback from children and young people as well. You had this two-way connection between schools and the CAMS team, which is great. Just to explain again, CAMS, which is children and adolescent mental health mental health services. Yes. I was trying just going through the initials in my head. <laughs> I think what's, what's really interesting here is the trust identified a need, and Rachel was obviously part of the team that did this, identified a need, and then the next thing to do was to go forward and commission a service. Now, from the perspective of people supplying to the NHS, you will find tenders on a contracts finder or find a tender. Uh, But from the perspective of the people involved in actually making this procurement, there is a lot of work involved, isn't there, Rachel? I can't tell you
1: the hours and hours of work that goes into developing a service spec that is then fit to go out to market to to potential providers out there. And it's very heavy and we have to be very precise. We have to be very exact about what we want, why we want it, what the provision will achieve, how many would we hope to get helped through that service, how we will measure the success When the contract will end, how will that contract end? What then happens to those young people that are in the service? It is incredibly thorough and very precise and very detailed, which procurement for the the sandbox or that whole process as it came about was my first experience in procurement. And I had no idea how in depth and involved it would be.
0: And this is all to make it fair and transparent as a process?
1: Absolutely, because actually at the time that we were going out to procurement, myself and my colleagues had a very clear sense of who we wanted to provide. And it's an online provider who's very well known across the country with a good reputation and very well established. And we had just wanted to buy them in. And I had not realized until I got my wrist slapped by a procurement office that actually we couldn't just simply go out to one provider and say, We will buy you in. We want you to provide this amount. And there's a certain cap of a certain amount where the NHS cannot just buy in services. We have to go out to procurement to ensure that it's fair and equitable. And and at the time, we had a very fair challenge from our colleagues in procurement that said, how do you know this provider is the best there might be new people in the market that have come about that can do this and more than what you want. And, and that was a really fair challenge because that's how we end up with the sandbox. Yeah.
0: So um, I, th- I, I think most of the listeners would think it's quite brave to be the first NHS organisation to take on a new provider that hasn't worked in the UK market. Because something I always say is, no one's going to get sacked for hiring IBM, because nobody's going to have a problem with you using something that is established and well known. But it's quite brave to go, you know what, this new thing, this looks really interesting. This looks like it's going to deliver what what we want here. So how did you go through that process and go, actually, these are our concerns. And and then how you managed those concerns and worked with the sandbox after the procurement day. So firstly, I won't say under no point during this procurement was there any working through with the sandbox <laughs> until it was established that they were fit for purpose, uh, met all the criteria and had jumped through the many hoops that we have on the commercial side to go through. So if you could just start by the considerations and what happens at your end with the team when you've got something new and you think, hey, hang on a minute, there might be something in this. So what was the process at your end?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And I'm kind of smiling as I'm listening to you ask me this question, because there's an element of ignorance is bliss So because this was one of my and my colleagues' first experience of procurement at this level with this size of a contract, we didn't kind of know what we were doing. So we were very led by procurement. So when you say to me about the risks and why did you take that risk and what was that like, I don't think I knew we were taking on a risk. I don't think we realized the ramifications of working with a provider that was so completely new. So from the background, from our perspective, we were really clear. We want a digital provider with a chat feature with um, online CBT or online therapy, video therapy. We wanted some modules that young people could work through. We had a sense of the numbers we wanted that young people could access but we wanted something that was going to be very open and we worked the thrive model so we wanted to make sure there'd be an element of self-help and self-management on there so that just to explain for the listeners who may not be aware of children's mental health thrive model is kind of a donut shape where it says there are different levels of services for young people and we were looking to procure something that was very much early intervention, low level intensity, it wasn't risk management, it wasn't crisis. So when we thought through what we were looking for, what we wanted, at the time this was so new to us, we were kind of basing it on the providers that were already out there, that we were already familiar with. So we we developed this spec, put it out into market, and then people express their interest. And then it's a process that they have to apply and answer all the questions and evidence how they're going to meet the spec that we put out there. So there's a period of time where the providers get to pull together all of that information. And it's, it includes things like how will you make sure it's digitally secure and safe How will you make sure it's accessible? What do you know about Staffordshire safeguarding? What will you put in place for if you have troubles with recruitment? Or how will you monitor and evidence the outcomes of your services? So lots of elements like that. So we then get the applications come in, and it's a very strict marking criteria. So people, the the people submitting their tenders, absolutely have to evidence that they can answer everything. And if not, the procurement go back to say, you've not answered this. Can you provide evidence of that? We then sit together as a team, four or five, six um, people. And we've got clinicians, we've got procurement, you've got operational managers that then take all of that information. And it's a huge amount of, of work and quantities of information that we have to read through look through and scrutinise and we then have to score it against our our scoring system that says, how important is this? If it's not so important, it's a low score, it's not a big deal. Um, what we noticed as we went through is that the sandbox was offering something we hadn't asked for. It was above and beyond, which was quite exciting because all of a sudden say, like, oh, that could be really good. Well, this could do that. Well, I don't know what this might do, but that's really... That's just opened up our minds to there were things that we hadn't thought about because you don't know what you don't know when you go through this process. And the NHS is very strict with its frameworks and what you have to ask for, what you have to be specific about. And although we had the open invitation to be clear, what is it you want? working in the digital field was new for us so we didn't know what was possible to put out a tender to say we'd like to do x y and z so when sandbox came back and they had put additional things in there that we hadn't even considered it was really exciting but but let me be clear we couldn't score them on that we couldn't mark it we can't give bonus points for doing something above and beyond because we haven't put it in our spec So just to be clear, it is a very fair and transparent process and we have to follow the points we put down, score each of those items. And then, of course, each of the providers get to do a demonstration. So that's where we get to see what does this look like from a young person's perspective? Is it engaging? Does it look interesting? Do we think they'll stay on the website? Do we think this will be responsive and meet their needs? So it was interesting going through the process and obviously as you say sandbox completely new not known so we couldn't go to anybody else and say hey what do you know about what do you think about how have you got on with working with this organization. All we could go on is our experience of the process how Interactive, had different providers been, how responsible, how flexible did they seem to be? So sometimes you work with people who are very rigid and know you've asked for this, we'll provide this, which is fair enough. Um, and then you get others saying, well, we can be flexible on this, so we could add this or take away this. So you could get a sense of um, what it'd be like working for different providers. Again, it still comes down to the scoring. That's really, really important. So when we had conversations at the end about where do we go, there were providers were neck and neck in terms of scoring, absolutely neck and neck, at which point we had to make that difficult decision around, do we go with the the known or do we go with an unknown? And we thought about the value added of the different providers. And for us, Sandbox was out there. So when we discussed that with execs in MPFT to say, this is what we think. This is a decision. This is why we had to have a very clear rationale on why we were going to choose one provider over another, which we could, we could articulate that very clearly to say why we thought sandbox was the option for us. And then that gets signed off and it gets agreed. But I don't think I'd realise until post the process Um, how significant it was that we went with a provider that was unknown. For us, it was very exciting to see what Sandbox was offering and could do. And the energy from the conversations that we picked up on was just like, this could be a fantastic working partnership.
0: And it has been, I have to say, it has been an amazingly proactive and collaborative partnership it's been fantastic working with mpft because i do believe that i'm sort of part of the team working with sandbox and yeah it has been an amazing journey for all of us i think so some highlights of that for anybody who's interested while they're listening this procurement actually won an nhs midlands excellence in procurement for the midlands partnership nhs foundation trust and has since won an hsj digital award ward. That was for, which one addressing was it? Sorry.
1: Inequalities, addressing inequalities and we had commendation for mental health provider for young people.
0: Yes. From my perspective, I always think who's going to make that first jump and that brave decision. From your perspective, it was a logical, measured process that was gone through, which is Fantastic. Taking it from the other perspective, uh, some of the people listening will be out there constantly trying to get hold of people that have influence over procurement of uh, new technologies. And I am certain that they will have a CRM or similar, an Excel spreadsheet with a load of email addresses where they send out emails trying to gain the attention of people who could potentially influence the purchase of a product. Rachel, could you share your views on receiving unsolicited emails?
1: (laughs) Don't do it. It's awful. Um, No, I, yeah, it's really tough. I get a high volume of emails from a wide range of digital providers saying they've got the solution to a wide range of issues, whether it's around recruitment, patient engagement, patient health system, record keeping. It's a really noisy market out there in the digital world. And I have to be honest, I get the emails and I just delete them. I can't do anything with those emails. I do not. No one person in the NHS has the sole responsibility and decision-making authority to say, yes, we'll buy this product in. So what might happen is we go to conferences like Rewired, Digital Health Summer Schools, the um, HET Conference. and there are lots of different providers that have stands. So we might look at products that are demonstrated there. And sometimes we might say, we'd like to know more about you. Could you come and do a demo for us? And we'd learn more about them, but we cannot just go out and pay for one system as a standalone, it has to be a procurement process. I think there is a cap of the contract cost, but I don't know what that is. And if it's below that, maybe we can do something a little bit more independently. But ultimately, if we're going to procure a system that's going to be deployed with a patient population in the NHS, it's got to go through procurement, information governance, clinical safety process before we are assured it can be deployed safely and it's not at risk of cyber security or information getting lost or data being misused. The NHS holds that very dear to its heart and protecting patient data is essential. So working with somebody who's unknown is a risk and and with a sandbox we had to go through a very thorough process of making sure that information governance was thorough. And that that young people's names, date of births, etc., was not going to be at risk in any shape or form. So I do think it must be really hard for small innovators to get known in the health market. Um, I think you probably have to grow to a, a size, a fair size before you'll get a place at the table for procurement.
0: Yeah. So before we came on air, uh, one of the things we talked about was these various hoops. Now, interestingly, I think my previous interview to this, I was talking to a specialist in compliance. So the things that you mentioned uh, during our previous conversation, such as DCB0129, a DPIA, various things that need to be done to get through these these hoops. Again, it it's interesting because I think a lot of people, particularly if they're already in the market, might think that they can skirt uh, skirt around these things. If you're developing a new technology from you know from scratch, you need to have that quality process in place. You need to have your DCB0129. As much as, you know, People such as myself find this paper filling exercise quite tedious. It's essential, um, so to have that from someone like Rachel, it makes it very clear you do. You need to do it. Yeah, you absolutely do. And in fact, I think that digital
1: is definitely the way forward for NHS services. You can just see it growing and it's going to be um, an essential part of all health services across the board, all ages and across social care as well and even third sector increasingly. But as that grows, the more awareness we're getting of the risk around cybersecurity, which means we absolutely need to make sure that systems are safe and secure and that patient data is not going to, to get hacked or isn't at risk. There's always a risk. You, you can't protect any system from 100% from all risk. But having those things in place gives some assurity of governance and protection for patients and without it you won't get very far and I think now that the um the chief clinical information officer roles and chief you know all of those digital leadership roles increasingly are looking at patient safety clinical safety and data and making sure stuff is very secure before it gets deployed anywhere
0: Thank you. Yes. And so as we're coming towards the end of this session, have you got any particular insights or recommendations for anybody out there that's wanting to bring new technology to market? For instance, is there a challenge that you feel is unmet at the moment that might be addressed by new technology?
1: I think we've got so many challenges out there that could be addressed. And I think it's really exciting to see what technology can do. But I'm probably not tech savvy enough to know what it can do i don't know what i don't know so i think there's probably lots of solutions i think the challenge is if you're a small provider getting into the bigger markets like nhs health and social care is 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 hard i think work together with other people if you can get to work with research organizations so i think whether you can do pilot projects you know, ultimately money is very precious in the nhs we are anticipating cuts and and we you know there are lots of struggles financially so i think one of the ways that you can get into the market is by offering to deliver something for free but working with the nhs so you get to pilot your product with a population see how it goes But you've got to give something, I think, when it comes to getting a foot in the market of the NHS. Because I think the NHS has lots of resources in terms of expertise and knowledge. It could share with a smaller provider, but it's got to go through those systems to be deployed to ensure it's safe. And that's probably hard. So I think if you're a smaller organisation, it's maybe getting a foot in the door by offering to do pilots in a small area with a certain population.
0: So for those who are listening, potential routes to get pilots off the ground and be supported with that. So your academic health science networks might be able to help with that. And also NIHR. So it's worth going on the NIHR website and seeing what challenges, what calls are on there for pilots, for studies and potentially for new technology. So it's worth having a look on those places and also Innovate UK innovate uk provides funding to support work looking at the feasibility of new products so again potentially you could partner with an nhs organization and say well we've got something that we could do here together and thereby the nhs isn't having to purchase it you're doing it as part of a, a, of a partially funded pilot using funding through innovate uk although that is highly competitive you be be warned, it is a highly competitive process. But everything is the, the, the in the market that you've now entered. So uh, I think it's a suck it up situation. It's going to be competitive, right? So. Thank you, Rachel, for your very precious time today. It has been really helpful and I'm sure the listeners will have found it very interesting and insightful. Thank you for your work and your collaboration in the work that we've done together uh, with The Sandbox. Without your sort of positive energy and proactive involvement, I don't think it would have run as smoothly and as successfully as it has done so far. So thanks again. Thanks, Kate. It's been a real pleasure. So for those who are listening, if you want to contact me directly, contact me through the website, which is consultancy.co.uk. And it's always worth having a listen to the other podcasts that are on the website. Thanks for listening. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you found it both interesting and useful. Please feel free to message us if you've got any questions that you'd like to ask or any requests for future interviewees or any particular aspects of MedTech that you'd like to know more about. We'd be happy to include them in future episodes. Our email address is info at pimsconsultancy.co.uk. That's info at Papa, Yankee, Mike, Sierra, consultancy.co.uk. Or you can find out more about this podcast by visiting pimsconsultancy.co.uk forward slash medtechpodcast. Until the next time, bye for now.